60,000 is brought to you in part by RP Funding. RP Funding Inc. is licensed and can offer loans in Alabama, Arkansas, Florida, Kentucky, Louisiana, North Carolina, Ohio, Oklahoma, South Carolina, Tennessee, Texas, Virginia, and West Virginia, and is also licensed by the Mississippi Department of Banking and Consumer Finance and by the Pennsylvania Department of Banking and Securities. Office is located at 500 Wonderly Place, Suite 300, Maitland, Florida, 32751. Telephone 321-397-4420. RP Funding's nationwide mortgage licensing system ID number is 70168, and Robert Palmer's NMLS ID number is 76197. We're saving thousands with Robert Palmer right here on the Saving Thousands Radio Network. You know, Robert Palmer is the empowering voice that you've been waiting for. Robert Palmer helps consumers every day, throughout the day, on radio, on apps, on the web, in person, in books, and more and more, all trying to help you solve your day-to-day dollar problems. Robert discusses the good, the bad, and the ugly of personal finance. You got your credit cards, you got your bank loans, you got your auto loan, and you've got all the things that happen between the time that you get your paycheck and the time that you discover that you may be overdrafted at the bank. This is not good. That describes a financial zombie, somebody who lives day to day, paycheck to paycheck, and often finds themselves responding only to threatening phone calls to pay the bill or late notices. In other words, they're out of control with their money. Well, this show wants to put you in control of your money, and that's why Robert Palmer comes on the radio each and every day in time that he is paying for. No paid sponsors on this show. Robert Palmer is paying for this airtime, providing of his time, his expertise. Why? To help you. It's all giving back. And I know that as you go up and down the dial, you won't find any other radio shows quite like this. It's very unique. One man using his knowledge to help thousands and to save thousands with Robert Palmer. Today, we're going to talk about a lot of things that will save you money down the line. But Robert, first of all, I hear there's a sneaky company out there that's telling us that they are the only way that we could set up a bi-weekly payment process on our mortgages. They're saying we can't do it ourselves. There was a, a bi-weekly loan company. Uh, you, did you hear about this one, Rob? Oh, I didn't hear about this. So there's a, this is a pretty cool concept. For a lot of people that get paid 26 times a year bi-weekly, you know, so if you get paid every two weeks, you get 26 paychecks a year instead of 24. Mm-hmm. And so somebody figured out, hey, you know, if I take my mortgage payment and I cut it in half and then I mail it in 26 times a year, Basically, every time you get paid, sure. you send in half of your mortgage payment. And and so the the warning I will give you is get a payment ahead first because sometimes the timing doesn't come up right and you can actually go late and be charged late fees oh, I didn't know. because the whole payment isn't there in time. So my recommendation is, one, you can do this yourself. Uh, you can just do it yourself. Set it up with your bank to where you're going to send in half the payment every time you get paid, which if you're biweekly is 26 times a year. But make an extra payment first so you're one payment ahead so you don't ever get late fees mm-hmm. because sometimes the timing can get hinky. Well, these companies figured out that they could sell the service of helping you uh, do biweekly payments. <laughs> and, and so instead of you doing it yourself, you sign up with this company and you pay them fees, and then they will draft your bank account uh, every two weeks for you for this fee. For like, I mean, it's pretty, yeah. it's pretty expensive too. And <laughs> and so the CFPB has sued uh, one of these companies claiming that the fees offset the savings. So the idea is if you make an extra payment a year on your mortgage, if you make 26 half payments a year, that's 13 full payments instead of 12. And by making one Mm -hmm. extra payment a year, you can cut a significant amount of time off the back of your mortgage because the, you're paying the balance down sooner. So now more of your money is going to principal and less of it is going to interest Mm -hmm. and this snowballs and it pays down faster and faster. Uh, and so people figured this out, and, and bi-weekly got popular. And so then these companies popped up who will do this for you. Well, I, let me tell you, it's really easy to pay a bill. I, I mean, especially today. I mean, I would say every bank out there has some form of online payments, even to other banks, right? So you just so if, if, here's my quick 45-second rundown in how to do a bi-weekly payment, <laughs> and I'm not going to charge you a dime for it. And so allegedly this company, the fees they were charging ate up almost all of the savings over the first like seven or eight years. And so, yeah, in the end, some people did save money, but most of them did not because they would drop out of the program because all of a sudden they realized, well, I've saved 3,000, but I've paid 3,000 in fees. Mm -hmm. And then the fact that people are even paying three, four, five thousand $5,000 in fees to have someone set them up on biweekly payments is insane. So here's what I want you to do. Uh, One, like I said, you have to be ready to make an extra payment. All right. So- 
Uh, if you think this is a good idea, I would go ahead and save up. And when you're ready to make your first extra payment, mail it in. So we're sitting here in May. And so let's say I made my May mortgage payment on May 1st. Right. And now I'm going to make a second mortgage payment now on May 20th. So now instead of being due on June 1st, my next payment is not due until July 1st. Right. So I've got a I've got a 30 day cushion. Now I'm going to go into my. So that's step one. I'm going to make one extra payment now. So you got to save up a little money. Right. Yeah. We're going to be proactive. I'm going to make one extra payment now. Then I'm going to go into my online banking. Uh, for this, I would probably use my. Yeah, we'll say I'm going to use my Chase account. Okay. So I go in there and I'm going to set up auto pay and you can tell what bank you want them to pay and when you want them to pay it. So I'm going to go through and I'm going to say, all right, we're going to do this every two weeks. And I take my mortgage payment and I divide it by two and I type that number in and then I hit save and I walk away. And now every time my paycheck gets put in <laughs> on direct deposit, they are going to mail uh, half of the payment, half of my mortgage payment off to the mortgage company. And I will be making one extra payment a year for the rest of my life as long as I leave this in place. And it didn't cost me anything. I mean, come on. But but this company <laughs> but was, was charging. So hard. And, and it, but he, see, here here's the part that a lot of people don't know. And this is the part that bothers me. These companies, and I don't know if I don't know if this particular one does because I've never been approached by them or had any dealings with them. But a lot of these biweekly companies approach us as mortgage companies or approach mortgage loan officers and say, hey, we'll pay you a commission to sign people up for our program. Oh, no. And so now the loan officer says, well, I could give them the Robert Palmer 45-second free tutorial mm -hmm. on how to make biweekly payments, or I can sign them up with biweeklyinternational.com and make a couple hundred bucks. And this is where the greed comes in. And this is the part that drives me crazy. Uh, and so instead of doing what's right for the customer, which is, hey, you don't need to pay anybody to make biweekly payments. Mm -hmm. Just mail your check in every two weeks. I mean, even if you don't if you don't like online banking, just let's do this. Sit down and write out 26 checks. How long would that take, Rob? Yeah. So we're going to sit down. We're going to write out our 26 checks. Now, you are going to pay one extra stamp. Right, if you have to mail your payment, that's in, not right? bad. Maybe you know now if your mortgage is with RP funding, you could just bring it on down here. Right, we're local. Come, sure, come by, say hi. We'll pour you a cup of coffee. Uh, but if not, you know you can you have to pay for an extra uh, 13, 14 stamps a year. I mean, I guess that's that's not that's a couple bad. bucks. I mean, again, but with online, it's so easy these days. Everybody makes it so easy. I really don't see a purpose for these companies. Now they don't want to hear me say that. I don't really care what they want to hear. I'm telling you, there's no purpose for this. Do not pay anyone fees in order to pay your mortgage off quicker, all right, by using biweekly payments. And it really is a cool concept, right, because mm -hmm. most people budget based on their paycheck. And so if you do get paid 26 times a year instead of 24 because you're biweekly, it's a cool little kind of, I'll call it a life hack. You know, it's a cool little hack where you right. can say, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take my mortgage payments $1,000. I'm going to take $500 out of every paycheck. And I'm going to do that 26 times a year instead of 24, which ends up being 13 payments. And yes, you will pay your mortgage off faster, but you don't have to have anyone help you do that. See, pe people will call us and say, oh, does RP funding offer biweekly mortgage? But no, we don't have to. Anybody can pay. You could pay whenever you want as long as it's before the payment date, right? Right. So you could pay whenever you want as long as it's early. And so that's where I'm, I'm telling you, make that extra payment first, get a month ahead, because you don't want to get hit with a late fee because the time, because what will happen is if, if you're second, so... Let's say that, you know, the, the first the first payday for you is on the 2nd, and then the second payday would be 14 days later on the 16th. Well, if you make the second half of your payment on the 16th, it's after the 15th, so you would be paid a late fee because you would not have paid the entire thing right. by the 15th, which is the requirement. This is why we make one extra payment up front, but that's it. And that one extra payment you make is your money because it's going to your balance and your interest. So that's my advice. So the CFPB is suing these guys for a significant sum of fun, a significant amount of money. I don't know off the top of my head. But, you know, and now they're coming back and claiming that, you know, some of their earliest adopters did save money. Well, obviously, they saved money. They paid their mortgage off faster. The real question is, why do they need to pay fees yeah. to a company to do biweekly payments? So, again, and, you know, I'm going to, uh, Producer Dave, remind me, we're going to post a quick little tutorial on biweekly payments on SavingThousands.com after the show today. Uh, I'll put all five steps right there for you. Step one, make extra payments. <laughs> Step two, make half payment. Every time you get paid, step three, pay off mortgage faster. Three steps, Dave. 
right? Pretty darn steps. easy. Three you steps. know, and that's I totally remember... free, Rob. No, no cost for those three steps. You're not going to charge anything? No, no fees? Well, I mean, if you guys want to mail me in a check. I mean, we're couple, back to no fees. Mail me, mail me a check yeah. for a couple thousand bucks for that piece of advice. So if you have a follow-up question about that, you can simply call our offices right here at 855-773-8634. That's 855-773-8634. That's the very great thing about the Robert Palmer family of companies. We never mind it when somebody calls, not with the intent to do business with us, but just seeking information. I mean, it's that simple. This organization was built on empowering the consumer. And how does that all work? Well, if you're going along and, you know, your bills are kind of bossing you around and you're falling into the traps of the big financial industries, well, you're not quite ready to take over your finances. But once you do, then you're ready to move ahead. Then you're ready to get the finer things in life. Then you're ready to put down a foundation. Get that home you've always wanted. Start that legacy. And that's where the Robert Palmer family of companies could probably further help you. But again, there's no obligation when you ask for information. Nobody's going to say, well, we're taking down your name and you have to do business with us. That's not what it's all about. Just along the way of your financial education and your financial empowerment, we want to be part of that. And where you take that knowledge is is none, none of our business. But But along the way, if we get everybody in America kind of on the same track, that they're no longer intimidated by money. I know that sounds like a big goal, but we're going to start right here with this radio network, with savingthousands.com, with Estateavise, and with Real Prospector. Those are all websites, okay? So we got the radio show, we have the websites, and let's look at one of those websites right now, Robert. We have savingthousands.com right across the top. You have some areas that you can click and get more information. And one of those areas is Ask Robert. Well, we do have a listener that's taking advantage of Ask Robert right now, and here's the dilemma. This guy lives in the same hometown as his father, okay? Further, the father and the son share the same name. All right, here's the problem. The son pays his bills on time. He's responsible. He's living right. He's empowered with his money. The father, eh, not so much. So the father is not paying his bills, but now the son and checking his credit report, Robert, his son is finding dings on his credit report that don't belong to him. Yeah, so this is where that dispute process comes in. And we went through that. You can go to savingthousands.com. You can listen to that whole show on credit disputes. Uh, Producer Dave, did we name that like disputes or something? Do you know? Yeah, so something along the line of dispute <laughs> is going to be in the title of the show. If not, we'll make sure it's very clear that that's the show about fixing your credit, disputing things on your credit. Uh, the other thing I would recommend is... Uh, I would maybe get a P.O. box in a different zip code. So we talked about yesterday how zip code is one of the key matching factors. Yeah. So if you and your father live in the same zip code, it's going to make things even worse, right? Now, you can go get a P.O. box in a different zip code, and whenever you apply for credit, use that P.O. box, which is going to fix that zip code match, which may help. It's going to help a little bit. Uh, but the big thing is you got to dispute those. And you need to tell them in the dispute letter, hey, these are not mine. These are my father's. We have the same name. We live in the same zip code. However, we have a different social security number. Here is my social security number. Please get all of this junk off of my credit. And, and that's where the dispute process is going to come into play. Now, I was reading some interesting articles last night, Rob, um, that, that actually if you if they fail to properly respond to your disputes and you are harmed by that, you can't actually sue the credit bureaus. Oh, really? Um, and, and one of the keys there is you want to keep copies of all the letters. So I, you know, at that point, I would say send the letters by certified mail because he's got a legitimate dispute here, right? This isn't someone who's just frivolously disputing something that really did happen to try to knock it off and beat the system. Yeah. He's got a real problem. He's really uh, got to use the system to his advantage. And if they fail to respond properly, he would have a very strong case to then sue the credit bureaus to get it fixed. Uh, but it's important to keep documentation of everything you did, because if you end up having to go to court with the credit bureaus, uh, which I would recommend if they fail to, to fix something like yeah. this, you'll want to have good documentation. You'll want to have certified mail where you sent the letters. I would recommend him not using the online dispute process. All right, again, this is something major enough that I would not use the online system. I would send a good old-fashioned letter through certified mail to the bureaus with a very detailed explanation. Yesterday I said it really doesn't matter what your explanation is. This is one case where that is not true. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, when you've got identity confusion like this, you want to really paint the picture of 
here's who he is, here's who I am, you need to correct this, send it by certified mail, and if they fail to react and fail to take action, you have the right to take legal action in the future against them. So the follow-up to that is, when you're making out a credit app, there's usually some line on there, Robert, that will say, how long have you lived at this address? So I asked the question, is that for one, Does that is my credit affected if I move around a lot? And number two, maybe that's for identification purposes? It, it's for identification purposes. And so what they want is they're going to run all your zip codes over the last two years to, okay. try to try to figure out who you are. And so that's where once you've been in the new zip code for two years, the old zip code stuff will follow you around less. But again, uh, if something's matching by your social security number, you're not going to get away from it, you know, by having a different zip code. Mm -hmm. But sometimes these cross identity errors will go down when your zip code changes. Uh, so again, it's just it's it's a little nuance of how credit works, and the fact that they put a lot of weight, a lot more weight than they probably should, on zip code because that they don't always have the social security number. You know, not every yeah. piece of credit has your social security number tied to it but they still have to figure out how to match it to your credit file. I mean, if you think about that, it's, I mean, it's, it's a pretty tough feat to do. You know, the fact that there's a Robert Palmer somewhere who didn't pay a medical bill, but they don't have the social security number, then they got to figure out whose credit to put that on. I mean, the, the amount of data and analytics they have to do is yeah. pretty outstanding. So folks, if you would like more information, just like that writer, you can simply go to savingthousands.com. Now you have to spell out the word thousands, Okay. So go to savingthousands.com and across the top of the homepage, you'll see those tabs. And one of those is Ask RP. What are the others? Well, let's go back over to the left-hand side of that homepage. I'm giving you a virtual tour you see right here on the radio. So there's the homepage. Of course, we're already there. And then you'll find the rules. Those are invaluable. These should be something you carry with you in your wallet or your purse and you should look at them every day, at least once a day. The rules, the 15 saving thousands rules to success. I kind of liken those to a GPS unit. You know, you never fear that when you get in your car and you're going someplace you've never been before, you know that that GPS unit's going to get you to that destination. All right. Now, how about if you had a GPS or kind of like that eight ball we all grew up with, but it was about money. And every time you were ready to make a financial transaction, I'm thinking about anything just the other side of groceries, you could look at the 15 rules to success and they would guide you on your way to further empowerment. And you know what? At the end of the day, the end of the week, the end of the month, as I like to say, you're going to find that you've got more money because you've taken over the power of the money. You don't just wake up someday and go, golly, here, here it is Wednesday and I'm not really sure where my paycheck went. You'll know where your paycheck went if you are empowered. And it's not that much work. It's 15 little rules. We'll talk more about the things you'll find along the header of the homepage. But Robert, let's get back to the Ask RP or Ask Robert. Here, Randall goes on our site. And Randall wants to know from you how he can improve his credit score. Yeah, this is a, this is a good one. So uh, obviously, the first thing you want to do is you want to pay all your bills on time. All right. And, and so what on time means is less than 30 days late. All right. So as long as it's less than 30 days late, it doesn't count as a delinquency. So I would say step one, Randall, is you need to get a copy of your credit report because you want to know you want to know what's out there. You want to know what you're up against. So you can uh, if you've been denied for credit recently, you can get a copy of your credit report for free mm -hmm. from all three of the bureaus by going to the website. If you have not been denied for credit, then you do not qualify for the free credit report but you can pay to get a credit report. And it's not much. It's like 20 bucks maybe. Oh, okay. 20, 30 bucks. And uh, so you go onto one of these sites. I personally use myfico.com, mm -hmm. um, you know, equifax.com, experian.com. They've all got them. I like myfico because it's got all three and it gives you the FICO score. I will say this though, all three bureaus and all three FICO scores is like 60 bucks. So yeah, it's it's expensive, oh, right. but, uh, but whatever. It depends on how serious you are about fixing your credit. So you get your credit report and you take a look at it and anything that says it's delinquent. So if it's past due, so if you've got a credit card that's 30 days past due, uh, if you can, you absolutely want to bring it current. you got to get everything current. If you can pay it off and close it, that's even more powerful uh, because a closed account will have less of a negative impact than one that was previously delinquent but still open. And well, so if you have any old collections hanging out on there, old medical collections, maybe you went down to the hospital and the jerks never sent you the bill, you know, and they stick a collection on your credit and try to tank your credit score, uh, you want to figure those out so you can pay those, get those off your credit. 
uh, any if you had any old problems like old credit cards, you want to get a plan together to start paying those off and getting those negative items off. So so step one is really to identify the negative items and try to resolve them. And that means pay them off. Uh, if they're inaccurate, dispute them and try to get them removed. Mm-hmm. You know, there's really no secret sauce to this, Rob. It's, it's, it's conventional wisdom. It's pretty common sense stuff, but you got to do it. So the first thing is take care of all the delinquent stuff. Get them current, get them paid off, get them closed, do whatever you can. And then make sure you pay everything on time for as long as possible. Uh, the next thing is if you have high balances on your credit cards, you want to pay those down. And the important thing is you've got to pay them down before the statement comes out because they only report the statement balance, right? So if you wait and pay it off after the statement comes out, it's not going to help you. you got to pay it off right before the statement comes out. So you want to have as low of balance as possible when they generate your statements. The lower those are, the higher, the better an impact it will have on your credit score. Uh, so, you know, if your credit cards are maxed out and over limit, that's going to really, really, really damage your credit score. Uh, as you get down to zero balance on your credit cards, it's going to really, really help your credit score. Oh. Now, the important thing is keep those credit cards open. All right. If they're positive accounts, if you've never been late on them, pay the balance down to zero, but still keep it open because now that shows you have access to the credit, but you've, you're choosing not to use it. And that's a very oh. positive sign to the credit bureau. They say, oh, look. Robert's got $50,000 available on this credit card, and he hasn't used a dime of it. Things must be pretty good in his life yeah. because he's not touching this massive credit card. You know, if if Robert has a $50,000 credit card and he owes $51,000 on it, trouble. Robert's in trouble. Robert's probably headed for bankruptcy, right? I mean, that's that's what they're looking at. Because if, you, if you've got fifty grand on a credit card and the <laughs> interest rate's like 29% or whatever, I mean, that's, that's, like a, that, that's bad news. That's and, and so that is a big indicator— for someone who's heading toward bankruptcy, who's uh-huh. heading toward default. So paying those down to zero balance, leaving them open. And then for some people, Rob, they may need to add credit. They may not have enough credit. Uh-huh. And so when you get your uh, when you get your score, the bureaus will give you the little reasons there why your credit score is low. It'll say like recent delinquency, proportions of balances to credit limits. That means you owe too much on your cards. Uh, lack of recent revolving activity. Lack of recent installment activity. Hmm. So revolving is their fancy word for a credit card. And installment mm-hmm. is their fancy word for like a car loan where you make a fixed number of payments. Revolving means you can charge it and pay it and charge it and pay it. Installment means they loan you the money and you pay it back over a set schedule. Car oh, loan okay. versus credit card. Mm-hmm. So if it tells you you have lack of revolving credit, you have to go get some credit cards. If it tells you you have lack of installment credit, you need to go get some, go get a car loan. Now, when you first get a new credit, a new debt, it will hurt your credit initially. Will it for really? that first six months, it's going to hurt your credit. So this is kind of a long process. Yeah. You know what I mean? Really, really making a big change. So the, the quick thing you can do is anything that's delinquent, bring it current. And anything that's over limit or maxed out, try to pay it down to zero. Those are the two fast uh-huh. things you can do. If that doesn't get you to where you want to be, now you've got to try to rebuild credit and you've got to put more space between you and the negatives. And those things just take time. Okay, Robert, let me jump back in as we take a virtual tour of savingthousands.com, which I know was one of your creations to help as a partner to this radio show. So folks, you listen to the radio show Maybe you also get the radio show at the Saving Thousands radio app on your smartphone. Absolutely free. Download it today. Then you'll be able to listen to our shows on demand. Then, of course, we have our iHeart radio service. And you're saying, what is that? Well, if you go to iHeart, and most all of us have iHeart on our phones already, well, up in the search engine at the top of that, just put in the name Robert Palmer. And then... It will go to the Robert Palmer 24-7 station. This runs 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365. It's as simple as entering in the name Robert Palmer. That's just the radio features. So let's get back to savingthousands.com. It was the first spinoff, the first web spinoff of the Robert Palmer family of companies. Oh, there are more, and we'll talk about those in future shows. But we were going across the homepage. And all of the empowering information that is yours, absolutely free by going right to savingthousands.com. So we talked about the rules and we go to radio shows. If you click on that, you will get past radio shows that we have produced and aired over these radio stations over the past 10 years. There's about 400 hours of radio shows that are accessible by you on demand by topic or by date. Okay. Now, in addition to that, we have station listings. The station listings are all of the affiliates of the Saving Thousands radio network. And if there's a map there that shows a location, in case you're driving through the Southeast and you know that maybe you're traveling to Melbourne, maybe you're going to Jacksonville, maybe Tampa, Orlando, wherever it might be, 
I mean, even to land in New Smyrna Beach, wherever it is, Miami, wherever it is, you'll see them on the map, and it will give the day and the time of our shows. And we're still not done with what is on just the top of the Saving Thousands website. I mean, that's just the header. Well, Robert, I want to get back to the show for a minute. And, you know, we've all kind of witnessed that real estate is back. Real estate is making a great rebound from the years of 2006, 7, and 8. But there's a problem. It seems like most of the dollars that are coming back into real estate are coming from investors and mortgage bankers and uh, big business. It seems like the average consumer, the average mom and pop, they seem to be lagging behind. Where Wall Street has come back uh, to be not so afraid of housing, the, the consumer really hasn't. Uh, you know, we're not seeing millennials come out and buy the way they should. Uh, you know, this is the whole reason for rule number seven, own real estate sooner, not later. Uh, when you look at the wealth being created, right? So, yeah, we had that period where there was a lot of wealth eliminated by housing. Uh, what we find is, Rob, what I find from my personal experience is most people didn't buy the house at that high, high value. They remortgaged the house at that high, high value and got a bunch of tax-free cash that they used uh, to do other things with, right? Right. And now there are some people who bought at the top, but for most people, if, if you look at the number of people that are upside down and underwater, were underwater during the, the, the lowest point in the market, that many people didn't buy houses during the boom. So a lot of those people were upside down because they had gotten second mortgages, they had remortgaged and cashed out their property, uh, and then the values dropped. So when we really look at, see, those people actually made money off the deal, right? I mean, they, mm -hmm. so they bought the house for 200 and then it shot up to 400 and they borrowed an extra hundred thousand against it, used it to go buy, you know, whatever, a boat, a jet ski, a new car, and then lost the house in foreclosure, but probably kept the boat, the jet ski, the new car, whatever it is. That's not everybody, but there are people who fall in that category. And so when we look at housing over the long term, uh, it really only creates winners. You know, if, if you look at it over 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, if you carve out the four years of absolute pain, which I will say ran from 2007 to 2011, right? Somewhere in there, maybe maybe 8 to 12, somewhere in there. Uh, but people who bought after that are doing great, and people who bought before that uh, and didn't re-cash out and, and raise their mortgage balance, they're doing okay too. So uh, housing is a great thing, and, and housing is, is such a key part of this country's wealth creation and the American dream uh, you know, we, we've talked about examples where if a $200,000 house only goes up in value 3% a year, that's $6,000. Over 10 years, it's going to compound and end up being more like $70,000 because you're getting gains on the gains, right? It's compound interest. It's compound appreciation. You know, where else can the average person pick up an extra $70,000 in net worth <laughs> over 10 years without putting a dime into savings, making the same exact payment they would have made if they were renting, right? That's the key. If, if renting was way cheaper, then we wouldn't be having this conversation, right? Rob, if I could, if I could rent the house for, let's see. So if we're talking about uh, 6,000 a year in appreciation on a $200,000 house, we got 12 months. So you're talking about 500 bucks a month that, that your house is, is going up in value on a $200,000 home with a, a, a normal 3% appreciation, mm -hmm. which we really haven't seen. We've seen more than that. Uh, but we're going to be conservative and say 3%. So that's 500 bucks a month. So if you could rent for 1000 a month and the, the house was going to cost you 1500 a month for similar living conditions, right? Then at the end of that 10 years, you would have, it would be a wash, right? Because the, the renter would have saved the $60,000. The owner has gained uh, the $60,000 in appreciation plus whatever they've paid down the mortgage. Uh, so it, it's a much closer wash. But what we're seeing today is, for a similar property, the rent is actually more than the mortgage payment, right? I mean, you Wait. see this, Rob. You're Way in tune more. with what's going on in, in the market. So today, that 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 house, the mortgage payment's fifteen hundred bucks. The rent payment's probably fifteen, maybe sixteen hundred dollars. And again, at the end of the ten years, the renter doesn't have the equity. The renter doesn't have the lower mortgage balance. I mean, even after ten years, you're going to pay down probably. You know, you would think, oh, 30-year mortgage after 10 years, I'll have paid down one-third. It doesn't really work that way no. uh, because you, in the early days, you pay uh, less toward principal because it's going toward interest. Mm -hmm. uh, so you probably will pay down about 15% of the value. 
So that $200,000 house, after 10 years, we've probably paid down the balance by $30,000, and it's gone up in value by like $70,000 because the, you know, so the reason it's not just $6,000 a year, Rob, is so the first year it goes from two hundred dollars to two hundred six. dollars mm-hmm. Well, now the next year, the 3% is off of two hundred six. dollars so now it's like $6,180 that it goes up, right? And so it goes up a little more each year because it's worth more and more every year. So you're talking probably $70,000 increase in value over 10 years on a $200,000 house using a conservative 3% appreciation. And then you're going to pay down the mortgage like thirty grand uh, on a 30-year fixed rate mortgage just by making your normal payments. If you throw in an extra payment a year, uh, you can really accelerate that and have even more equity. But you're talking about $100,000 yeah. in wealth for doing the same thing you would have done if you were a renter, mailing in a check every month for $1,500. Well, here we are getting short on time, and I'm still taking people on a virtual tour of savingthousands.com, and I haven't even gotten below the header yet. Goodness gracious yet. That's just indicative of how much information is there for you, everybody. And it's all free, and it's information written in very easy terms, all right? And we know your time is precious, so we don't do articles that are 50 or 60 pages. Most of the articles are three, four, five, six, seven minutes long if you want to read them. And, of course, the radio shows range from five-minute info modules right on up to our one-hour radio shows, okay? We're going back up to the top of savingthousands.com on our virtual tour, and Robert's sitting over there grinning. But anyway... We have next to station listings. We have Ask Robert. We've talked about that. You simply click on that. There'll be a form. You ask the question, and that will be sent directly to Robert Palmer. So he will return with an answer, and in all confidentiality, that's where it ends, all right? We're not going to be selling your name to anybody. And, of course, we may want to, without the use of your name, we may want to use that topic in a future radio show because, let's face it, if you have that question about finance, there's probably a few thousand more people out there that share the same interest. That's why we're here, right? Okay, the last thing that you'll see on the top of the page, (laughs) and some people are saying, finally, and that is the Home Value Hotline. The Home Value Hotline, Robert talked about it earlier in the show, it gives you a much more precise evaluation of your home. And so you can either call the Home Value Hotline that Robert talked about earlier, at 866-222-8231, that's 866-222-8231, or you could click the Home Value Hotline with all confidentiality right there on the website. It will open up a form. You fill out the form, press send, and again, totally confidential. No one is going to try to reach out to you and twist your arm and try to get you to commit to anything. Well, Robert, You know, over the 10 years that you and I have been doing radio shows together, there has been a phenomenal growth of RP funding. And that has mushroomed into the great growth of many, many, many companies. It's unbelievable. So for the average person listening or reading, it's no doubt that they want to know how this all began. Can you kind of take us back to the beginning? Yeah, so I was dropped on my head as a child and uh, decided that I would uh, do mortgages with no fees. Now, uh, you know, I, I was in the mortgage business, Rob, and, and uh, really just saw during the peak of the boom how crazy and greedy, and, and I, I like to use the word vampiric. I, I really just have this picture of the mortgage business being like a vampire and just getting a hold of somebody and sucking the life out of them. Because mm-hmm. uh, that, that's what the, the industry did to a lot of people during the boom. And, you know, I remember being in a meeting. Uh, I remember being in a meeting. I was working for a big billion-dollar lender and, you know, they were based here in Orlando, and I was in a meeting with them and, and the Wall Street guys. You know, they were packaging a lot of loans and selling them to Wall Street. And we, they were, I was sitting in this meeting, and this was toward the end. This was like right before the collapse. And this was kind of the moment I realized that, that I needed to either find the new career or figure out how to, how to do mortgages in a way that were consumer-friendly. Mm-hmm. So we're sitting there with the, the Wall Street guys, and, and we were trying to roll out a new loan product. And so we had kind of built the guidelines around what we considered responsible lending. So we're like, okay, for this particular credit score range and this particular income documentation type and everything else, uh, we're going to have the customer put 20% down. Because if, you know, for someone mm-hmm. buying this level of house and this was a construction perm loan. And, and so we kind of went back and looked at all our analytics. And the guys from Wall Street were like, well, uh, if we have them put less money down, how much more can we charge them? 
and, <laughs> and we're like, look, we're like, guys, the, uh, you know, from our statistics, if they put less money down, they're going to default. If, if mm-hmm. we allow people with smaller down payments in this particular profile, you know, this was a no income verification. Like this was the a crazy loan program back in 2005 or 2000. Jeez. This is probably 2006. And like, we don't care about the defaults. We want to make more money. So how do we get higher rates? How do we get more fees? If we give you a higher loan to value, if we give you a lower down payment, will that allow you to charge the customers more so that we can all make more money? And I, I'm just sitting there. I'm like, this is insane. Like, mm-hmm. and, and I, I protested. We ended up not doing the deal with them. Um, Cause I'm just like, the level of greed is insane. They didn't want to do the, 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 the program that made sense because they were too greedy. These Wall Street guys were too greedy. All they cared about was making as much yield as possible. They didn't care about the risk. They didn't care about the, the possibility of default or foreclosure. Like, I sat in these meetings and saw it, and it was, it was the truth. I mean, they did not care. All they cared about was yield. They cared about high interest rates mm-hmm. and crazy fees and, and lining their pockets, and they didn't care if the customer was going to succeed. They didn't care if we were going to succeed as a lender. They didn't care if the person who actually invested in the stupid you know, bond, because these, these Wall Street guys are not using their own money. Sure. They're just packaging it up and then selling it on the street. And so they didn't care if the guy who actually invested in it was going to be successful. All they cared about was their commission check, and all they cared about was how much they could jack up the cost by making it a riskier loan program. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm just like, at that moment, I'm like, this is, this is crazy. This is insane. And so when the whole industry kind of fell down around us, you know, and, and the crash happened and all these guys got what was coming to them because now the loans weren't paying and, and these fat cat traders who were making all this money off of toxic mortgages were out, out of jobs, out of the business – and I'm like, you know, I'm gonna give this, I'm gonna give this a whirl. You know, I'm gonna go back into business for myself. I'm gonna open my own mortgage company again, and I'm gonna do it the right way. And if I can't make it work the right way, then I'll, I'll find something else to do. I'll move to Hollywood. Mm-hmm. I'll, you know, <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll take up country music and get a guitar and a hat and figure out how to, how to serenade. I mean, something. You know, I was gonna do anything, but I refuse to stay in an industry where it was just, there was so much greed and so much misuse and, and smoke and mirrors. And it just, I, you know, there were, there were times I couldn't sleep at night because I knew what the company I worked for was doing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I said, you know what, I'm, I'm done with this. I'm going to start my own company. I'm going to put my name on it and I'm going to do it differently. Don't forget to tell your friends about savingthousands.com. Again, we're carried by great radio stations throughout the Southeast and soon to be nationwide as we try to empower each and every consumer we can. And actually, I say soon to be nationwide, I guess with the app on the phones and, of course, the iHeart channel, Robert Palmer, I guess we're already not only southeast-wide, but nationwide, worldwide, and out into the universe, whatever it might be. I mean, it's everywhere. You just have to seek out the knowledge from the Robert Palmer family of companies. It's that easy. I want to take you back one more time. (laughs) Work with me, people. I want to take you back one more time to savingthousands.com. And the only reason I do this, the only reason I keep referring to it is because it is so helpful. I get so much feedback when I'm talking to people who visit our offices or I, I run into them at the street or social events. And they always say, the radio show is great, but I'm so glad that we can then refer to savingthousands.com and expand upon the theories you talk about on the radio because it's so simple to learn and once you learn, you've got more money. So if you uh, scroll down the page from just that header we talked about for the past hour, you're going to see one of our recent episodes. You can play on demand one of the radio shows. Then you're going to find some really informative departments. One of them is our mortgage guide. It's a great guide, the mortgage from beginning to end. Now, that is super. We also have some great articles like um, 20 important money-saving rules for the holiday season because you know, the holiday season expands well beyond just Christmas Day. There's a lot of people you must see, even, even into January, you're still giving presents out to some people. A really important article that you'll want to uh, delve into, especially this time of year, you know, as we're starting to gather up things for the tax man, all right, financial clutter. Of all the documents we've got around our house, what are some of the things we can finally throw away? I mean, there's stuff in all the drawers, there's boxes, there's file cabinets. Let's finally rid ourselves of that stuff and make sure we do it properly so we don't get into identity theft, all right? Read that article. I think you're going to love it. Well, Robert, a couple of times during the show, in passing, we've talked about the Home Value Hotline. 
but nobody describes the home value hotline better than you. So in the time we've got left in the show, can you give us the insight? Yeah, so, you know, a lot of people obviously are concerned about what their home is worth. I mean, it's a, it's a big part of day-to-day life. It's probably the largest asset most people own. And uh, two, there's this kind of feeling where when you're upside down, you feel like you can't move, you feel like you're trapped. And so home values are a big deal. Mm-hmm. And so there's this, this internet company that starts with a Z. I won't name any names, Zillow. Uh, <laughs> you know, that, that gives people what they call the Z-estimate. And Z-estimate is supposed to, I guess, be synonymous with home value. Uh, isn't that kind of catchy, Rob? The Z estimate. Uh-huh, it reminds me yeah. of like was that zest? Like the the so, is that a soap? Yeah, what is zest? The zestimate, right? Mm-hmm. So the zestimate is supposed to. Uh, the idea is that this server farm in California knows what my home is worth here in in uh, in, really? in Central Florida, mm. and uh, and I'm I'm calling BS on that, right? Mm-hmm. And so the funny thing is, uh, Big Z. I'm going to call him Big Z from now on. Big Z by their own admission is wrong like two thirds of the time when it comes to values. Yeah. They actually they have like a they have a description at the bottom of the site that says how accurate is our data in your area and you can click on it and it'll show you your area and it's like, well, we're right a third of the time, we're right like <laughs> half the time. Like so by their own admission, their Z estimate is is pretty inaccurate. Mm-hmm. But the problem is uh, most people and so many people are using the Z estimate to make decisions about whether or not to sell their home, whether or not to refinance their home, whether or not to buy a home. And again, folks, this this server farm in California, all right, doesn't know about Central Florida school districts. It doesn't know that this side of the street versus that side of the street is is more desirable. Mm-hmm. It doesn't understand that when you're backed up the train tracks, that's maybe going to have a negative impact on your home. It doesn't understand that, you know, if you're in a neighborhood with a nice community boat ramp and a gate, that's probably going to increase your home value. What these guys do, what the server does, is it takes the average price per square foot for like the whole area. Oh, wow. Right. And, and so, and the problem is, I mean, there's so many areas, particularly in Florida. And I think that it's, it's, it's less accurate here than other areas because I mean, look in Florida, I mean, you know, there are areas where you drive down a street and you've got million dollar houses and then you've got, you know, single wide manufactured homes. I mean, mm-hmm. we have the, we, we have that kind of transition very quickly, which means that the Z estimate you know, doesn't know what to do because when you do an average price per square foot and you're comparing manufactured homes and million dollar homes, it's not going to be an accurate representation. So this really bothered me because I would hear day in and day out from my customers, well, my Z estimate says my home is only worth this, so I can't sell it. My Z estimate says the home is only worth this, so I can't refinance and it's garbage. And so what I did, Rob, uh, because I, and here's the other way, here's the other thing, the other way I know that a, a computer cannot tell you the value of your home because if it could, we would have adopted that system in the mortgage industry, right? We would mm-hmm. no longer be paying licensed professional appraisers $350 to $400 per transaction. Remember remember how greedy this industry is, okay? Oh, yes. if, if the mortgage industry could replace the boots-on-the-ground real estate appraiser with a computer they would do it in the blink of an eye. And let me tell you, companies have tried. Mm-hmm. You know, probably 15 years ago, CoreLogic, uh, who has way more accurate data than the Z guys, had tried to roll out a home valuation or a, an AVM, an automated valuation model. They call them AVM models. And, and they thought we as the industry were going to adopt these and the appraisal is going to be dead. And we start looking at these AVMs and they don't have a clue. I mean, a computer <laughs> just can't figure it out. One, mm-hmm. the computer can't come out and take a look at your house. And tell that you've got the crown molding in the Corian and the house that sold next door uh, was missing the entire kitchen because the tenant ripped it out on his on his last day, right? The, the server can't see any of this. So I know that the only person, only a human being, only a live breathing person with a pulse uh, can give you an accurate idea of home valuations. Now, uh, real estate appraisers, they charge 350 to 400 bucks, right? Mm-hmm. That's what we have to use in a refinance transaction. Now think about this, Rob. When you are going to buy or sell a home, who set the price for that home? The real estate agent. That's right. The real estate agent, right? Mm-hmm. Real estate agents are setting the prices of homes every single day in your neighborhood. Exactly. So who is the best suited, in my opinion, to tell you what your home is worth if you're thinking about selling your home? It mm-hmm. would be a real estate agent. So what I did is I built the home value hotline. So I went out to some of the best, I mean, best, best real estate agents, top listing agents, people who are setting home prices in your neighborhood every single day of the week. 
these are the market makers in real estate, right? Yeah. So I hooked up with them and I said, look, guys, I need something to combat the big Z. I need to get accurate information into my consumer's hands. I need to get accurate information into the hands of the homeowners of Central Florida because I'm tired of the big Z giving them all this misinformation. And so they said, well, Robert, what do you, what do you have in mind? I said, here's the deal, guys. I'm going to need you to do free home valuations for anyone who calls my home value hotline. So I'm going to set up this super high tech. You think Zillow's server farm is high tech, Rob? Let me tell you how high tech the home value hotline is. Uh-huh. It's a voicemail box. Really? Some of the wow. most impressive technology on the planet, <laughs> right? Amazing. It is a know. voicemail <laughs> box, right? I, I am a technology wizard. Uh, so here's the here's the deal. I set up the home value hotline. Mm-hmm. When you call the number, which Rob is going to give you in just a minute. Here we go. Because Rob is considerably better at giving out phone numbers than I am. So nah, no, not no. yet, Rob. I'll, okay, I'll, okay. I'll, I'll give you the point. I'll, I'll give you the cue, right? So when, when you call this number, you will hear my voice. And I will say something like, hey, this is Robert Palmer. Thanks for calling the Home Value Hotline. Please leave your name, the property address of the home you would like to know the value of, uh, and your contact information so we can get back to you with your home valuation Mm -hmm. uh, after the tone. And there will be a beep, beep, right? And so after the beep, you leave this basic information. And then what we do is we we then listen to those and we transcribe them. Uh, Again, this is very high-tech stuff, Rob. Very, very high-tech. And then we look and see... Uh, what real estate agent that participates in the home value hotline that we have qualified to be a local expert to give you your home value is for your area. And we give them that information and then they will call and give you the breakdown and give you your free, no obligation, no cost home valuation from a real live breathing person, not a server farm in California. And the cool thing too is if you want to talk to them about it, right? You can't be Mm -hmm. like, Hey, Mr. Server, uh, if I upgrade the master bathroom, do you think that would improve my value? Right? Be like, does not compute. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's server can't farm. You can't, ask, you can't ask questions of, of server farms that Mm-mm. give false home values. It just doesn't work. Maybe one day, but not today. So anyway, so yeah, so you can talk to this person. Like, hey, you know, as you're talking to this agent, if you've got questions, like, hey, I'm, I'm thinking about selling my home. Do you have any recommendations? You know, if I if I upgrade the countertops, if I, if I upgrade the flooring, what would help me get more value for my home? Uh, you know, professionally staging the home. You can have a conversation with this person because, again, this is someone who is setting home values each and every day of the week in your market. They're telling people what to sell their home for. They're negotiating contracts between buyers and sellers. This is the market makers. This is who is deciding what homes are worth each and every day. They're living it. They're breathing it. They're negotiating it. And completely free, because I'm such a nice guy, and I twisted their arm a little bit to get them to participate in the Home Value Hotline, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they will, by calling my Home Value Hotline, these local real estate experts will give you a free home valuation, talk you through it, give you the report, let you know what your home is worth so you can stop relying on the misinformed server farm from California. Wow. Rob, give them the phone number. Here you go. The Home Value Hotline. Write this down. Home Value Hotline or put it in your phone. 866-222-8231. That's 866. Are you writing it down? Two two two, eight two three one, and I tell you what, that is an information only source. You've got to look at some of these big companies like Robert's talking about, and you've got to find out what their real purpose is. But this is a purpose to help you. That's it. We want to get you correct information because look, what do I need in my life? I need more homes a selling. I need more homes a refinancing. There you right? Go. Because that's that's how I make my. So my ulterior motive here is that when you call the Home Value Hotline and you are shocked to learn what your home is really worth and then you run out and list it for sale, that means one of the many RP funding pre-approved buyers now has another choice of what home to buy, Mm -hmm. which means I get to make more money because I get to make more mortgages. So this is there's definitely a selfish side to this. Right. But I'm also just such a nice guy. I want to put this stuff out there for free. Right, Rob? But no, seriously, you know, I want to see Central Florida real estate flourish. Right. And and the problem is because things got so bad, right? So many sellers still feel like they don't have equity. They still feel like they are trapped in their home. They still feel like the home is worth what it was four years ago when it was $80,000, $100,000, $200,000 under what they originally paid for it. Those days have changed. We have had a significant market rebound all across Central Florida, Mm -hmm. and I want our listeners to know that. I want our listeners to feel good about their home's value. If our listeners want to sell those homes and upsize, downsize, move to Hoboken, whatever you want to do, I don't want you to feel trapped in that house anymore. 
And that's why I built the Home Value Hotline. So you can find out from a local real estate expert, a live breathing person with a pulse instead of a server farm, what your home is worth. And Rob, give them that number two more times, maybe All three. All right, here we go. 866-222-8231. That's 866-222-8231. It's called the Home Value Hotline. Remind me, I'm going to need to talk to Steve Dickman uh, and let him know that he needs to check the home value. I'm going to tell you this high tech piece of home value hotline. He needs to log into the voicemail and check it wow. to see who in Central Florida needs a home value, a free home value, free no obligation home value, so we can get that over to him. So we got, so we've it, got exciting a, stuff. So we've got an answering machine sort of there, the voicemail, in this, yeah. versus an entire square block of servers. of servers. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, we we are mm. taking we are taking down <laughs> the technology giant. We're I taking down the big Z. With an answering machine. And what I what I really wish I had, Rob, and this is actually, this is like a computer voicemail box. Mm-hmm. I really would like to go buy one of those old school answering machines that runs the tapes. Wouldn't that be fun? Right, because I would love to put a video of the old school answering machine with the, like the left tape spins up with the message. Oh, yeah. And then the right tape records the, the message, right? Like I would like to get one of those and I would like to name it. Maybe I'll name it Bob. I'll name it Sherry. I'll name it something. Mm-hmm. And we'll have this old school answering machine. We'll have to find the analog phone line. I don't even have any of those in the building. We'll have to get some of those. Everything's voice over IP now, right? Engineer so we, Dave can find Engineer it. Dave's going to have to get me a, uh, a a analog telephone line and an old school uh, tape, tape deck player answering machine <laughs> from a pawn shop because I want to take down the big Z and their Z estimates with the least high-tech thing on the planet. I mean, short of bringing a caveman in here with like a tablet and a and a hammer and letting him chisel out the home valuation requests, mm-hmm. I want to be as low-tech as possible because that's what this is all about. You know, this is good old-fashioned human being, human ingenuity, human intuitiveness, understanding what your home is worth, understanding your needs, understanding your wants, what are you trying to accomplish, all the things that a server in California cannot do, mm-hmm. and I want to do it with the least high-tech equipment possible. I mean, you're getting a guy who probably has sold three or four homes in your neighborhood, arguably on your block. He may be your neighbor. Who knows the home value better than him? That's it. That's or it. her. That's it. That's what it's all about. So that's why I built the home value hotline. That is a free service to listeners of the Saving Thousands Radio Network here. One more time, 866-222-8231. That's 866-222-8231. That's the Saving Thousands Home Value Hotline. Call it today. Find out what your home is really worth. Stop relying on the big, inaccurate Z. And that's going to wrap us up. I hope that you will visit the websites we talked about. And I hope that you'll check with your local station or station listings at savingthousands.com to see when the next opportunity it is for you to hear a new show on the network. Meanwhile, the archive shows are great. They're informative. You know, the rules that you learn right here don't change all that much over time. So get to know the past shows, the current shows, and look forward to future shows, maybe based on something you want to know about. You can do that with Ask RP. But again, let's go over it. You've got the radio network, you've got the iHeart, you've got the app on your phone at Saving Thousands Radio. You have SavingThousands.com, a state of eyes, and real prospect. Some of the top ways that you can be more empowered and you too can save thousands with Robert Palmer.